0: hello hello welcome to this first episode of healthy and happy in this series we'll meet a bunch of people with big hearts who are inspiring and supporting everyday people to live extraordinary lives i'm your host david clayton a remedial massage therapist and owner of MyOMasters massage here in adelaide and i'm joined here today by kelly kieselbach who is a naturopath and clinical nutritionist welcome kelly thank you Kelly and I have been talking about this in the first of a range of exciting conversations featuring questions that you have already been asking. And as we go on, if there is a burning question that you have for Kelly, why not pop it in the comments below and we can answer it in future episodes together. Now, before we get into what you do, Kelly, Mm. can you tell me a bit more about you?
1: Sure, Um, yes, as you mentioned, I am a naturopath and a clinical nutritionist. I am also a mum of two very active boys, um, and I practice here in Adelaide seeing people face to face, but also do a lot of work online by Zoom as well. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. And um, what are some of your interests and hobbies?
1: Interests and hobbies? Well, I've actually started two new things this year, Mm -hmm. which I'm quite excited about. So I've started reading more, like actual books, fun novel books, not just textbooks. Um, and I've also started swimming. So that's Wonderful. been really good. Yeah. yeah. Are you an iceberger? Am I an iceberg? Yeah. I don't even know what that means.
0: <laughs> Would you go out and swim in winter in, in open absolutely water? Absolutely
1: not. <laughs> I plan on going to an indoor pool when winter hits. It sounds very sensible. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, if it's okay, I'd love it if you could share um, a little bit of your story and about how you came to fall in love with uh, plant-based medicine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So... I guess my passion for nutrition and herbal medicine and lifestyle medicine came out of my own health journey. So I had some very serious chronic health issues as a teenager. And um, these health concerns were not well met by conventional medicine. So it meant that I, along with my family, went looking for other uh, modalities, other things that might help improve my quality of life. I guess this generated a real curiosity in me, firstly about food and how it impacts the body, um, both negatively and positively. Um, and that led me into looking, once I recovered from that, looking at uh, how, how I can help people in similar situations. And um, so it led me through to nutrition, and I, well, first I studied naturopathy. Um. So, two thousand. I've been a naturopath since two thousand and ten, and between practicing, I went back and um, finished a health science degree in nutritional medicine as well. So, and I absolutely love it. Fantastic. It's awesome.
0: So, what is it that you actually do? <laughs> um, and what is the difference between a naturopath and a clinical nutritionist?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'll answer that one first. Sure. Um, as far as I'm concerned, there's not a lot of difference between a naturopath and a nutritionist. It doesn't. Uh, in terms of the way I practice, the philosophy for both is very, very similar. Both take a holistic approach, looking at the individual's well-being. Um, the may the difference is that as a um, naturopath, I'm trained in herbal pharmacology, which means that I. I'm allowed to prescribe herbal medicines, trained to prescribe herbal medicines. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, what does that mean? <laughs> what do I do as a naturopath? So, it's about supporting people's health and well being using a holistic approach. We are really looking at addressing the needs of the individual and it has a very strong focus on trying to identify the cause and drivers of people's health concerns. Mm -hmm. So obviously symptomatic care is an important part of healthcare as well, but we really wanna try and address those causes. So um, we look at firstly, taking a really thorough health assessment, um, trying to figure out all the bits and pieces, all the pieces of the puzzle, and do a bit of detective work, I suppose, and trying to figure out um, what's driving what and and where the main issues are. And then from there, we look at supporting someone by making small sustainable changes through their diet, through their lifestyle. We might use nutritional or herbal supplements if it's going to benefit that person in that case. and then ongoing supportive care. So just reviewing is really important. Helping people when they come up against barriers to making those changes, um, then making those little tweaks and adjustments to their treatment plan and acting as a support as well. Cause you know, life is life. We all have things come up and what do we do when, you know, those things hit and we um, you know, all of those habits, those healthy habits that we've built fall apart. So mm. it's having a bit of a coaching role as well mm. in that space.
0: Mm. Small sustainable changes, um, I think that's, that's one of the, the secrets. Uh, Because often here, particularly around January 1, it's time time for change. It's time for a big change. Yep. And the change is way too much, way too quickly. And Mm. it results in in falling off the the train.
1: And often they don't have the support around... We don't have the support around us either. We haven't built up that network to help help us when things get tough. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Absolutely. So what are some of the things that people do come to see you for... Um, And what kind of conditions can naturopathy help with?
1: Yeah, so um, a whole range of conditions can be helped by naturopathy. So some of the things that people come and see me for, um, it might be skin conditions, so eczema, psoriasis, acne, uh, thyroid disorders, a lot of women's health um, issues, so things like PCOS and endometriosis, menopause. Mm um i have a particular interest in pain and fatigue management mm-hmm. so i do actually see a lot of people with fibromyalgia chronic fatigue syndrome post-viral syndrome as well mm. yeah and heaps of digestive health and mental health issues as well stress and anxiety ibs um, i think because particularly when we're talking about nutrition it's the basis the foundation of our physiology Mm. so every tissue every hormone every um, neurotransmitter it's all made from the molecules that we get from the food that we eat Mm. so in that sense everyone can benefit from it but i think some of the areas where naturopathy really shine is in those really complex functional syndromes like chronic fatigue syndrome fibromyalgia even um, a lot of women's health conditions as well, uh, and autoimmune, things like that. Um, it's where it seems to really have a real, uh, an amazing impact.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Fantastic. Now I've heard that uh, when you do go to see a naturopath, um, one of the first things that you're made to you give up is, is coffee, <laughs> and then it's, it's cheese. Um, are you yep. anti-fun?
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, I hope not, that's <laughs> one of my favorite things. No, um, I know a lot of people are very hesitant about coming to see a naturopath because they're like, oh, I'm going to have to give up all my favorite foods. Mm. Um, It's not quite like that. We try very hard not to restrict people's diets too much, particularly something like coffee. It actually has some great health benefits. So um, for the majority of people, that's not going to be the case. There might be the occasion where We would suggest that someone limits their coffee intake or maybe eliminates it for a certain period of time. But the aim is always to get them to a point where they're feeling better, they can cope with more, and so those things become less of a a problem. But we try very hard not to be (laughs) anti-fun.
0: So who is it that you love to help?
1: I love to help everyone cliche answer. Yep. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> yes. Yep. But I do really enjoy, um, working with people with the, um, like chronic fatigue syndrome, um, post-viral syndrome, fibromyalgia. Uh, I think it's an area that people find very difficult to get good support. And whilst I have no magic cures, I'm very passionate about how important nutrition and herbal medicine and lifestyle changes can help to improve someone's quality of life and how um, naturopathy can give someone a safe space to be heard and believed um, and in a compassionate environment. Mm. I think that's really important for those types of multi-system conditions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite snack or a treat?
1: Well, I can't go past dark chocolate. I love, I love dark chocolate and I eat dark chocolate most days. I'm not ashamed to admit that.
0: (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) You're in good company. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Promote the health benefits highly. (laughs) Just to convince myself, no, um, no, um, I, yeah, I do love dark chocolate. I love mangoes. I love, yeah, mango season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. although they're very expensive
0: down here. A little little sweet, sloppy snack. Yes. Mm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I remember giving my son a a frozen mango seed when he was teething. Oh, yeah. Couldn't get enough of it. What a good idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would have loved that. Mm. Um,
0: So what is one thing that you are noticing right now that um, perhaps you could all do better in? And what do you suggest? One thing, making this very difficult for me.
1: Okay. Um, well, on the nutrition front, one thing that we could all and should all be doing better at is eating more vegetables. Mm. Um, probably no surprise to anyone listening, but actually um, in a recent Australian Institute of Health and Wellbeing report, Suggested that 86% of women and something like 95% of men were not meeting their vegetable recommendations. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say that's something we should be focusing on.
0: Not just at dinner time. It, not just at dinner time. <laughs> no.
1: I mean, that's, that's, that's a real chore if you're trying to get five or six serves of veggies at dinner.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. spreading
1: them out throughout the day uh, can be done.
0: So I see some people um, and they're on this this chicken and broccoli diet and they'll have to eat six times a day. Mm. How do you feel about that? <laughs> <coughs> chicken, Steamed chicken and steamed broccoli. Oh, ah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Six times a day. Um, so usually people do it as a form of, you know, they've got some goal in mind, mm. some um, physique goal in mind. But for our general health probably not the best idea mm. gonna be missing out on a lot of um, nutrients there and probably end up very constipated <laughs> <I
0: would say. laughs> amazing You're If straining the wrong muscles yes yeah
1: <laughs> exactly. um, yeah so yeah that's a tricky one mm. Mm.
0: So, I not, think not my
1: idea not my idea of a fun and exciting all nutritious diet
0: sure <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to deep dive here for a bit, um, and we're going to talk a bit about uh, pain. Now, mm. it's something that we both have in common is that we do work with people who are experiencing pain, Yeah. and um, pain, I often say pain is funny, but fa- pain is not funny at all, uh, and I, I mean funny strange, because yeah. um, for some pain people, pain is, is quite, quite rational, um, it might be from, say, an injury, um, where you kind of earned the pain, so to expect, or maybe you've gone to, the g- gone to the gym and a few days later you feel sore, you drop something in your foot, you, you feel pain. Um, that, that type of pain is quite, quite rational. And it might be temporary, um, but often with, with injuries, we often see that, that pain, particularly if it's been neglected, becomes um, more chronic. Um, and then for some people, that pain might be quite uh, irrational, uh, more systemic and, and complex to understand, Mm. so how can um how can a diet make pain better or worse and is kombucha really the answer to life the universe and everything (laughs) ah
1: kombucha um yeah (laughs) not to everything but it is tasty and Mm. nice and it has some beneficial um properties um probably not the answer to everything certainly not the answer to pain Mm. um Yeah, pain is a really, really tough one and it's an area that really requires a holistic approach. So um, what part does nutrition have to play as part part of that holistic approach? There's a few ways that our diet or the way we eat can impact our pain, worsen or lessen it. and One is through nutritional deficiencies. So there are some nutritional deficiencies particularly that are linked with increased uh, pain or pain intensity, or they are more commonly seen in people with say fibromyalgia. Um, Things like vitamin D, omega-3, iodine, calcium, magnesium, and probably some big ones. Mm. Um, So that's the first area. If you're not getting those nutrients through your diet or not meeting your demands, Mm. that's going to exacerbate any pain that's there or change the way you perceive the pain. Mm. Um secondly would be around inflammation. And this can depend a bit on the type of pain as well as to how significant this is. But if we're eating a sad diet, so a standard Australian diet, yep. <laughs> um, it is highly, highly inflammatory. Um, so, you know, lots of processed grains, lots of sugars, mm. lots of more animal products than we need to be eating, and not enough fruits and vegetables, which we just spoke about Mm. um then that is going to increase any inflammation that's in the body and then in turn exacerbate any pain Um, and then from there you've got things like food intolerances or sensitivities which can contribute to pain um and also our gut health plays a big role as well in what's going on with pain Mm -hmm. Um, so in something like fibromyalgia we know that there are alter micro alterations in the microbiome compared to healthy people Mm. Uh, and there's a very high incidence of SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth as well so um, our gut health can contribute to any inflammation it can contribute to nutritional deficiencies and in and of itself can also um, contribute to the pain because it's also involved in immune function and neurotransmitter regulation as well mm-hmm. so i mean that's like a quick over like real tip of the iceberg kind of stuff um but yeah it mm-hmm. does get very complex yeah but we- it certainly can have an impact the way
0: we're eating. So, in moving forward in future conversations, we'll talk about some of these these things in, in great, uh, much greater detail. Mm,
1: that'd be good.
0: Yeah. Um, one thing that we are going to talk about quickly, and um, look, this what was to say it's a deep dive. It is just a, a quick quick intro. We are going to talk a, a little bit a bit about um, about a very specific um, pain condition. But pain, um, in simple terms, is just a response. It's a, a response to external uh, noxious uh, stimuli, uh, usually. And and what does that mean? If you um, step on a piece of Lego, particularly if it's nighttime or it feels like a three-corner jack um, growing out of the floor, um, a, a signal um, is, is transmitted first to, to the spinal cord. And the very first thing that the body does when the, in that, that Stepping on Lego instance is to, to fire the, the hip flexors and the hamstrings and the tibialis and it pulls the foot and the leg up and away. Then the message keeps on going up to, up to the brain uh, through, uh, uh, through special pain receptors called, called nociceptors uh, where it's then, then met uh, at a special point in, in the brain, the thalamus, which is then sent off to various other um, parts of, of, of the brain for, for processing. And we might exclaim something like the word ouch or, or something <laughs> um, a little bit bit stronger. Then hopefully we don't go and do that thing again. But if you've got children who love Lego, you probably will still still step on, on Lego. Mm-hmm. And the one of the funny things about, about pain is that you can just think about stepping on that Lego and you'll feel that sensation in your foot um, again. Um, so I often get people asking me, like, oh, this pain, is it all in my head? No. From that aspect, pain is, is felt in in your brain, so yeah, kind of, kind of is, but not in the way that um, that you're probably suggesting. Mm. You're not going crazy. Yeah. One of the growing areas of understanding for uh, for medicine um, is in this condition called um, fibromyalgia. It's a, a real silent disability. Um, uh, and, and, and fibromyalgia is from, from the Greek fibros for, um, for, for tissue, myos for, for muscle, and allergia meaning uh, pain. It's a complex and systemic condition uh, with widespread um, multiple tender points, joint stiffness, uh, often accompanied by, by fatigue, mood changes, uh, depression, anxiety, sensitivity to, to light and sound, and the whole gamut of, of really complex interacting yeah things. Um, sometimes it's triggered by, by an illness, uh, sometimes from, from a, a traumatic event, including uh, an accident, uh, or from a chemical exposure. But being a syndrome, um, it's it's complicated and frustrating because to, to a, a medical professional looking at that person, there's no one consistent symptom uh, or no one consistent uh, event, not like mm-hmm. spraining your ankle. Um, which there's, there's obvious pain patterns and there's yeah. an obvious history of, of this is how it happened. Uh, so if you are watching today and you do have uh, fibro, just keep in mind that this is like, this is like, super general., Yeah. and we will talk about it in, in uh, detail uh, a, another time. But when it does come to something like fibromyalgia, uh, what are you witnessing? And mm. what might treatment look like for someone with a fibro diagnosis?
1: Yeah, so um, So what am I witnessing? with um, fibro clients. Um, One thing that I notice a lot, I think I pretty much say 100% of my fibro clients, there's always an element of digestive um, disturbance. Um, So they're often really accompanied by those digestive symptoms. Not saying that's 100%, that's just 100% of the clients I've been seeing. but So there is a real strong link there with that digestive um, and, uh, yeah, and the pain aspect as well. I think the other thing that really is really noticeable and that upsets me a little bit is that often, you know, they finally get a diagnosis that so it could have taken years to actually get um, and then they're just told there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. you know go home manage you know just manage the pain and do the best you can and usually that involves some fairly significant pain met- mm. pharmaceutical pain medication which is like o- which is okay um in some instances um but then there's no sort of tools or direction about how to manage their illness beyond that point um and Yeah, I think it's good for people to know there's a lot of areas that you can explore. And even though there's no cures, definitely, um, and that the research is still quite young and developing in this area, there is a lot that we can already start to draw from. And so looking at um, exploring some of the key drivers in a person's Mm -hmm. situation. And as you said, with a syndrome like this, it's not that this cause equals this Mm. symptom or this condition. It's often a little bit different or could be multiple factors um, for each person. So it's about, you know, looking at what those drivers might be for that person and being able to support them to get some better quality of life and have some some relief from symptoms. Mm. Um, And what might treatment look like? So with that in mind... Uh, A lot of those, um, a lot of things that we would look at with someone with fibro is um, what's going on with their gut. Mm. So that was often a good starting point. We might do some functional testing um, to get some further investigation to see if there's anything that can be addressed there. Um, And we also would be looking at nervous system support and trying to help with that stress response regulation. Um, Beyond that, um, hormones can play a role as well, particularly in women. It's very common for women around perimenopause to get a fibro diagnosis. Um, And so we might be looking at supporting um, or balancing the the hormones there Um, and immune function, even though it's not an inflammatory condition there is some evidence of inflammation which contributes Mm. to symptoms. And not just just the symptom of pain, but all the coexisting symptoms. Mm. So as Mm. you mentioned, fatigue, anxiety, migraines are a big one. Mm. Um, Gut symptoms are a big one. So, and it's always about working with the client to make sure it's doable for them. Mm. So I don't want to give them say go and do this 50 things yeah. <laughs> you know for, particularly for someone who's on an energy budget
0: yeah that
1: yeah. is not going to work mm. so it's about trying to work where they're at and make the changes that are reasonable for them to make at that point mm. um, and then um, usually there's you know some diet moving towards anti-inflammatory diet we might use some there are some really great research around certain nutrients and pain Mm. to give them a little bit of relief We help with you know supporting the gut um and doing some nervous system lifestyle Mm. things to support the nervous system as well yeah Yeah. Mm. I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it's a question which is never going to be completely answered no, anyway. No, um, And it
1: will look slightly different for each person yeah. because each person will have more, um, you know, one driver might be more dominant than mm. the other and, and their needs will be slightly different. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: It's, it's one of those things that's, that's um, uh, my clients who, who come to me saying that they have... Um, fibro diagnosis has often happened quite late in in their life as well mm-hmm. so they've been living with this this thing not knowing what it is but it's around that sort of 35 to 44 um, age group that that someone goes oh perhaps it's this or finally a a referral is made yeah, um, and yeah. I think one of the frustrating things is that within the the medical fraternity there are and this is not isolated to fibromyalgia um, but many Conditions, there's some doubt as to whether it exists at all. Mm. Uh, just purely from that that aspect, of there's there's no consistent cause or, or symptom. Um, and so, for a person presenting, saying, "Why do I feel this way?" and just being told, "It's all in your head," um, yeah. have you tried meditation? Yeah, can um, <laughs> understand that they might be a little bit bit frustrated. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah
1: and for me, it's a really important part of care to acknowledge that often by the time people are sitting in my office, they've usually um, done the rounds of a whole mm. bunch of different practitioners, and not all of those experiences will have been positive yeah um, and understanding I mean with any chronic illness, there's also a lot of grief and loss there as yeah. well, yeah. so um it's really important to acknowledge that as mm. part of the treatment process and mm-hmm. um, if they need further care, or, you know, support in that area, yeah. then mm. that's something we bear in mind as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so what are some simple things that someone who's had a fibro diagnosis can, can do for themselves today?
1: Yeah. So um, I think a really good place to start um, as part of whatever else they're doing already um, is to implement, be quite intentional about implementing some things in their day and or week that really help to tone the nervous system down and help regulate that response. Um, And these can be things as simple as trying to get out into nature for a period of time or doing some deep breathing um, or meditation or mindfulness something that's not going to consume too much energy um, but that will have a significant impact on trying to regulate that response um, so those are probably some key things that I would, mm-hmm. I would suggest in terms of practical things yeah. um, yeah, and then trying to get some support to, you know, delve deeper into, you know, into what is going on for you and what else you can do beyond mm. that. Mm.
0: It's um, it's something of, of frustration that that I hear that uh, someone has been to their GP and you just mentioned doing some deep breathing, and um, it's this advice which is often given in isolation. Have you tried some breathing exercises? Like I'm in pain every day. Yeah. Like how is breathing going to help? Yeah. Well. It does help, um, except when you're in absolute distress and you don't want to. Mm-mm. And uh, I think there's, there's something that, that we can all do do better at is, is um, sitting down and actually taking time to just turn turn the volume down on our, on our nervous mm. system response. Yeah. Uh, take us out of that fight and flight where our sensations of pain are automatically higher anyway mm. and back into that, that restful, restful state. Mm. Um,
1: and I think, um, like you say, it, it might take a little bit of trial and error to find your thing because mm. like for some people in pain like sitting down doing a meditation is not going it, you know it might actually amplify that mm. Mm. so um, at, at, like, even though for most people it might be beneficial yeah. so it can take a little bit of trying you know and I know people get like this trial and error fatigue like, mm-hmm. um, and that unfortunately that's how some of these conditions go but um yeah like spending some time to try and find your thing that will help put you into that relaxation parasympathetic state Yeah. and the more you can do that the better it will be for that for the way that you Mm -hmm. perceive that response yeah
0: Yeah. i think it's important that if you're going to try um, particularly some of these self-help things that you do so from someone who's qualified um, the last thing you want, and I often see this mm. around trauma, uh, they might go into a guided meditation. Let's focus on the, the, the source of the trauma and suddenly you're reliving yeah. this experience and becoming even more, more traumatized. Yeah. Um, and, and focusing on, on pain is, is something that, that needs to be done under a very supported um, environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So what's your best tip um, today towards a a happier and healthier lifestyle?
1: My best tip, once again, you're asking me to narrow down something that is very, very- (laughs) Just just one. (laughs) All right. Do I get to give one tip each time? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, 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 all right. Look, I think uh, if I'm going to give one at the moment, particularly, I would say to focus on sleep. Um, really be intentional about having a good sleep routine and getting that quality of sleep because that is so important to the rest of to your whole body health. So and if you're just not getting enough sleep or not getting good quality sleep or you're scrolling on your phone for a couple hours before bed, it's really going to impact. The rest of your health mm. and not only your physical health but your mental health as well absolutely so I think yeah at the moment yeah that's my mm. best tip today yeah. tomorrow it will be different
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that yeah. <laughs> so if someone wants to get in contact with you how do they do that
1: yeah um, so you can contact me through my social media pages.
0: We'll pop a link to that in our, in our notes yeah. above or below whatever this, this video is. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. So I've got a Facebook and Instagram page. Um, you can also go to my website, which is kellyk.com.au, um, that's Kelly with an I, just to confuse everyone. Um, yeah. So kellyk.com.au. Mm-hmm. Um, and both on my website and my social media pages, you can find my email as well. So if you wanted to pop me an email, you can, or you can just message me directly. Through, Wonderful. Through um, yeah, Facebook or Instagram.
0: Sure. Whatever you if like. If you can't find those things, you can always send a message through to this page as well, and um, I'll gladly put you in contact with with Kelly. Thanks for joining me today, Kelly. Um, sure we will be catching up with well we will i will be catching up with kelly again um soon with uh, another deep dive into how uh, naturopathy and uh, nutrition can inspire us all to to live happier and um, healthier lives now if you do have a question um that you'd like to ask kelly pop it in the questions or the, the comments below um, or you can always get in contact with with kelly directly particularly if yeah. it's uh, a, a personal uh, matter um And we will see you again in the next episode for more tips on living a healthier and happier life.